Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and the gnarly gnome, this is Scentsy Brewcast. It's the voice of Scentsy Craft, and for the second week in a row, I'm back in Hamilton, which is really convenient for me living over on this side of town to not have to drive all over the place to uh, to make shows. So um, it's it's fun in that regard, and it's also fun that I can like that ability exists now to find multiple places in the city of Hamilton that not only um, have enough of a focus on beer and good beer. Um, but the things are exciting enough to, to hang out in Hamilton and talk about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've definitely talked about the, that on the show several times, you know, over at municipal and, um, you know, doing shows around Hamilton that, um, this is all changed so much from the Hamilton that I remember as a kid or as a teenager, you know, um, this was a very different place than, than it is now. And it's thanks to places like this mm-hmm. casual pint, you guys, Hopefully, at this point, are familiar with what they are doing over here. But um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into them. We're gonna figure out um, what makes this place tick. Anne Marie, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank we, you for having me. Uh, last time we had you on, it was a chaotic show. I think I had like thirty-seven people on, and uh, it was close to that. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was wonderful though. It was <laughs> it was good time. Um, uh, sunset. We were sitting out over um, at Municipal, just right outside of the patio. They have that little grassy area that I, I call their beer garden because it feels like a beer garden. Mm-hmm. Um, such a wonderful time. Um, let's start, uh, let's talk about what casual pint is, um, to give people kind of an idea how a place like this is different than maybe a municipal or somewhere else that they like to go sit down and have a beer. So what I typically tell people, the casual pint is a craft beer bar and restaurant. Um, we sell everybody else's great stuff. Right. Um, and there is so much of it in this area that a place like this, we, you know, we're never, we're never short on uh, what we can have on the wall. We've got 35 taps on the wall. We do um, beers, seltzers, ciders on draft. We've got a small, very small selection of wine as well for folks that, you know, that those things don't necessarily appeal to them. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, we, we don't get a lot, but we do get them, and we want, you know, we want to make sure we have something that serves everybody. Sure. Um, we have uh, cold cases, cold, you know, uh, um, refrigerated cases where folks can uh, mix a six to take home, or they can even grab something if the thirty-five taps don't appeal to them. They can grab something and they can drink it here. You can crack it up in here. Yep. So, so our um, our appeal, I always say, like, is our value proposition is uh, is variety. Is and I know I said it on the first podcast. Right. Municipal is all about depth. Right. They right. have one brand and they do they do the hell out of their brand and we're about breadth. We are about, you know, really showcasing and turning over that showcase. Um, the great stuff that's happened the, that people in Cincinnati, it's mostly Cincinnati, um, I wouldn't even say Cincinnati, Ohio, northern Kentucky, a um, little bit of Indiana, Michigan. You know, we really do try to keep it um, as hyper local as possible right. and then go in a bit regional. Um, but we we're still gonna you're still gonna th- see things up there like stone and you know. yeah. So uh, we might as well talk about what I'm drinking here too because that leads me into my next. That's the wrong button. It's supposed to be this one. From the beer fridge. Um, I one of my favorite things when I walk in here. Heather always has some kind of mixture of something in her head. It's a blend of something up there on the on the tap wall, which is a whole other level of what you can do when you have a place like this with so many different taps. I'm drinking something that I would not typically drink. I, at least half of my beer is Goose Island, which uh, is, uh, you know, the big guys, but um, they have a, a Shandy up there 
And then this is blended with bumbleberry, which is fairly local. So um, blueberry shandy deliciousness. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the sun's not out today, but it makes me feel like it should be. <laughs> so that's that's actually what got me. So Casual Pine is a franchise, Knoxville, Tennessee-based franchise. Uh, there's about 20 or so open locations right now, mostly located in the southeast. Um, the first one I ever went to was in Oakley Station. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what got me, what sold me on the brand, the experience was... Um, I was not a craft beer drinker at the time. Right. And most times when I went into craft beer places, which were breweries, really, at the end of the day, um, it, it was it was both embarrassing and not necessarily well accepted to say, I drink Coors Light. I, I, I right. whisper that even now as I say it. Right. But um, the guys behind the bar, um, and I wish I could remember their names and thank them to this day. And that they did what Heather did for you today. As they said, first and foremost, we're going to find something you like. And secondly, they blended they, right. it was, I know it was a watermelon something with a, a lighter, crispier, refreshing. And it was, it was just like that perfect first experience. Right. So, well, I mean, that to me, that's half the fun of <laughs> a beer place is that you don't, or you shouldn't have to feel ashamed when you right. walk and be like, I, I don't really like craft beer. This is, this is what I typically drink. To me, that's, that's, that's fun when you see somebody at the bar trying to figure that out <laughs> then and trying to, you know, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of this, maybe blend something together, find something that does make you happy that you know that when somebody walks in and says oh i don't like beer like that that's when the lights turn on it's like oh yes you do you just don't know it yet (laughs) the folks behind the bar here for sure see that as a challenge right that is challenge accepted but not in a um we're gonna there is some level of education right but it is in a fun way right it is in a hey let me ask i always say heather has five questions that she typically will ask somebody that's that's new to this world and she rattles off those five questions and next thing you know you got three small samples sitting in front of you and nine nine and a half times out of ten one of those three the, somebody will nail it somebody really 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 has to hate beer or seltzer or cider to not end up with something you have to you have to be willing to kind of be ready to go out of your comfort zone a little bit and try new things. And I, I think that a place like this, by the very nature of it, when you walk up, you know mm-hmm. what you're getting into. It's very different than if you sit down at a restaurant and um, you you don't know what's going to be on tap. You don't know what's going to be there. And then you walk in like, oh, no, there's there's nothing that I really like here. When you walk in here, you're ready to kind of play around and, and try new things. That's that's the whole point of it. Well, I always say that one of the, the biggest... Uh, uh, defining characteristics of a casual pints target customer, and I don't, we don't own this per se, but for sure for us, it's it's something that we we look for, we market to, we we make sure we draw in is curiosity. Right. And I always say our job is to keep customers curious, but curiosity about not just the beer, not just the beverages, but even the food mm-hmm. to some extent. So we do a lot of specials, um, seasonal specials, or. Um, you know, we do stuff for, for baseball. We did something for opening day. So I consider that a season, but you right. know, I know not all restaurants would think of opening day as a season in and <laughs> of itself. Um, but our events, our entertainment, our, um, you know, we do big events, we do small events. So the idea of, of finding those people, seeking them out, talking to them, telling our story, connecting with their story is all about curiosity. It's all about, you know, we want to know all about them. Um, and, and, we, and we put it out there in a way that then, so they say, well, now we want to know all about you. Right. We want to know what's going on today. Right. Um, so there's a few, there's a few legs 
I think, to the, the curiosity element. What do you think makes, I mean, you, you talked about Casual Pine Oakley Station. There was one in Loveland. Both of those have, have closed. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes a place like the Hamilton location <laughs> succeed versus when you look at what other ones did or didn't do? Like, what makes this so great? Well, I, I can say for Hamilton, it's location, location, location. We are, um, you, you opened up the show, right, with, you're in Hamilton now two weeks in a row and there's so much to do and you really don't have to go anywhere else. And what Hamilton has done over the last five years, what I feel like we were able to jump into um, and add um, and what Hamilton is continuing to do. So there's no resting on the laurels here, that's right. for sure. Um, between, you know, variety of places uh, that, that people can choose from. So we, we have a very collaborative nature here too, the businesses. So, and, and a friend of mine was in not too long ago and she said, you know, when I come down here, it doesn't feel competitive. Mm -hmm. It just feels like you're, for the customers, you're doing, hmm, what am I in the mood for today? Right. Right. And tomorrow might be different. And tomorrow, you know, you may choose to go to Municipal instead of Casual Pine or Tano's because you want, you know, some, some uh, you know, a really uh, gourmet meal or whatever that is. But it's what am I in the mood for today? And we are, you know, we're, we're working together right. to, to match that. I think city's done a phenomenal job in layout as well. This is such a walkable, it is. accessible well, area. And that's what, that's what's so crazy. Like you look at, we'll say downtown Loveland, we'll use them as the example. And it's, it's extremely walkable. It is a, it is a fun little town with lots of things to do, but for some reason the, the, maybe it was, maybe it was the city not embracing that idea and making it to where, um, if you're down the street at Cappy's, you feel like you should walk down the street mm -hmm. to Casual Pint also. You just kind of stay in your little spot there. And not that the people aren't walking around love, and I get it. Don't send me an email. But um, <laughs> it just, for some reason, it feels so different in Hamilton. And I can't put my finger on well, when you, why. When you walk in, I think when you walk into any of our establishments, I think I'll, I'll speak for hours. You come up behind the bar and you're talking to Heather or Natalie or Andy or whoever it is that's behind the bar. I'm trying not to talk to Andy. <laughs> Shh, none of us do. Um, um, hi, Andy. Um, <clears throat> you know, if a if, couple of things. If we don't have what you're looking for, or if we don't think that you're going to love what, what's being offered, we will make the suggestion. Right. Go to, go to Municipal, go to Tano's, go to Pinball Garage, go to uh, Basil's. Go, you know, so there is a very proactive, we're going to connect you with something right. um, if, if we don't have or it's not available at the time, right? So if our kitchen is closed, but Municipal still has its food truck going, um, or somebody comes in looking for spirits, and we don't have spirits, well, I'm going to tell you, Tano's, right. Tano's mixed drinks. I mean, they'll get you where you need to be. Um, <laughs> so it, I think there is a very active, if you're in place A, here's some reasons why you should also go to B, C, and D. But it still takes a very different type of personality to be ready for that community kind of stuff because again, there it, are other places around town that have that it exists, but for some reason they've locked down internally to, we have to hold on to our people and we can't let them out of our door. And <laughs> it's a fair statement. I think for us, I can also say it starts at the top. So the level of support that we have from the city, the level of support that we have from the chamber, even the County to some extent, I think is unsurpassed um, here in, in Hamilton. Um, what what the city and the chamber were willing to lean forward and do during COVID, maintaining events, um, financially helping us. You know, when 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 they were receiving from the feds, they were they're they're making sure that we are that we are all poised. I mean, and, last year, even in the middle of all of the chaos that we were seeing, you could you could 
come down here to Hamilton and you would see somebody. Somebody was here with a beer in their hand, shivering outside, <laughs> walking around because it was the only way you could get out and just go have a beer somewhere. Dora's huge. It, the Dora. And it, it, but that's not true for everywhere that has a Dora. It's well, crazy to me. Agree. And <laughs> I like, think some, some places it's almost like a secret that it exists. Yep. And it's like, why is this? Why? Why is a place like Hamilton so so smart at, at promoting this as a reason to be in Hamilton versus somewhere else? It's like, oh yeah, we let that pass, but we don't really want it here. It just makes you feel different about being there. And well, I think the third, and maybe it should be the first one, is the people of Hamilton. The people of Hamilton know what it has felt like for their city right. to not be a destination to you know to to be this amazing space in the 50s mm -hmm. and then to see it decline and to see businesses leave etc and now um the people are wrapping their their arms around the vision that exists for the city and and um, and, and they've come together right and they are, are you know in addition to you know having the infrastructure at the top and the support at the top but the people of Hamilton and what they have embraced and the support that they've provided. Um, but, you know, all that other stuff is great, um, but we would not be here if people weren't, if people didn't come here for the Dora Cups, if they didn't stand outside shivering. Right. Uh, you know, there was one day in, in May last year, it was before the, um, before the, uh, the dine-in restriction was lifted. Mm -hmm. And beautiful May uh, Saturday, probably 80, 85 degrees, and we all were just kind of staring outside, you know, because of course we're concerned. We want to make sure that, um, that we're following the rules and that our customers are safe. But there were these little pods of people all <laughs> around this Markham area. It looked like a uh, socially distanced tailgate. It was everything but the football flying through the air. It was amazed at how, how adaptable and flexible people, um, people embrace the situation and still made it their own and still were out supporting right. and still... Um, and did and, and honestly, everybody did the right thing from a safety standpoint, from a comfort standpoint. Everybody really was doing the right thing, but they did they did it in their own way. Well, that's finding a way to take this restriction or this this problem that you've been you know placed has been placed in front of you with COVID or whatever it may be, to take that and and look at it and be like, all right, now what do we do with this? How do we still do the things that we want to do and the things that we we need to do as a, as a city or as a you know, group of friends or whatever it is, how do we, how do we make that happen? And that's, maybe that's a very Hamilton thing in general. Well, it's a ridiculously resilient <laughs> town, right? Incredibly resilient, creative, flexible, resilient people right. that live here and the heritage and the, uh, the pride that people have in the baseball, the football, right. in the businesses and, you know, so much. And that really, I think it really is a credit to, um, to the people, to the, to the, city government to the chamber and that you know hamilton knows exactly who it is and who it wants to be and and that's it's not for everybody right but it's a really really great place to be when when you know that and you can you can build toward that so or or a great place just to visit if you don't live in hamilton you don't want to that's that's fine but understand that if you're getting in your car to go somewhere for the evening or for the weekend or to hang out on a saturday whatever it is um, yes, once you're in your car, it's easy to drive down to OTR or wherever it is you want to go and, and hang out. It's just as easy to go to Hamilton. <laughs> it's not as far away as people think it is. You know, you can you can get all the way over to Mason really easy. You can get down to it's 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 right on the highway pretty much. You know, it's 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 easy. Um, as things change here in Hamilton and as things keep growing, you guys got in at a 
beautiful time um, to this area. You know, it was um, this idea of this park and all of this can go either way. Sometimes you hear about people trying to develop something like this and it just kind of never, never materializes for you guys. It definitely did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This park is incredible. The music and um, everything that they do over there. You've got Spooky Nook coming in in the very near future, and that's going to bring in God knows how many people from other places. Um, how does that shape how you keep growing or evolving this place? Well, I think what it, it does is it, it allows us to keep shape. You know, it gives us the confidence that we that we can and should keep shaping it. Um, so I think for me, it starts with, um, you know, again, understanding the landscape and looking around and what is happening and, and what are others doing and how are others. So I'm a little bit of a learn my way into a strategy and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a market, technical market researcher by, by uh, uh, profession. Not anymore. Just retired. Right, I was going to say. I just, reti- <laughs> I just retired. I'm, I'm doing air quotes, by the way. But, um, it, it, you know, so really observing and taking it in and hearing and listening to customers and as the evolution is happening, what else are customers looking for? What are they hoping for? So it's, you know, in my world, I really try to go to the hopes and the aspirations. What's missing? What gaps can we fill? Um, but things like Spooky Nook and the de- all of the development that's happening on Main Street right now from a, um, from a business standpoint, it gives the confidence that it's first and foremost not just worth it to sit down and do that, build that vision, but it's necessary. Um, I think the thing for me, and, and co- biggest thing COVID taught me, was um, to be sort of flexible and adaptable. So again, learning as the city is learning, learning as new things are going in, um, sort of having having the ideas at the ready, then we can say, and then I do little experiments, right? We had our brudega in here. We had a little grocery store in here during mm-hmm. COVID, toilet paper, paper towels, sugar butter, things like that. Um, it, that was something we tried and it served it served a very significant purpose. And then we took it away when it didn't make any sense anymore. So doing those little experiments and adapting and, and, and going with the flow right. of things is really important. But yeah, I'm definitely at a place now where I'm saying, okay, Hamilton goes from A to B, what's going to be our role in it? How else do we serve? What other value can we bring to? When, when you look at how the last year forced everybody to do that and the maybe some of the, the sleepless nights that came along with that does <laughs> when you look back at the last year and a half however long it's been does it does it give you more confidence now seeing that you guys were able to go through that and not only survive but you know build a, a much more loyal kind of fan base because of it or does it bring terror knowing that at any mm-hmm. minute things can just change and the government can tell you that you have to close your door <laughs> it was one of them it was two major lessons one major lesson in faith um and that if we kept doing the right thing we kept doing what we needed to do and love to do to serve our customers and do it safely and you know so the, the faith slowly transformed into confidence so where i am today versus where i was a year ago from a confidence level it's confidence not cockiness i want to make sure people right. hear that um uh, that's that's for sure. Um, one of those one of the the biggest lessons is we did have to have some faith. We did have to lean forward and and um, and uh, trust our instincts, trust our customers. Uh, it was also a lesson in cash flow. <laughs> so you know, making sure that we're doing the smart things 
to protect ourselves, right. to uh, continue to bring quality to the customers, even when you know business might be slow, et cetera, et cetera. So there was some really significant business lessons right. that came well, out of it too. It's it's really interesting to me because you like you mentioned this is technically a chain, although you know it doesn't feel that way. It is, but when you're in the middle of something like COVID was, I think it was uh, it was hard for people to figure out where where they're supposed to support like where are those places that you go and you you spend your time and you spend your money because you're so limited to what you can do and um i think a lot of the bigger major chains of restaurants and things like that had to have suffered immensely because people didn't feel the same way about going to applebee's as they did going to whatever the mom and pop place is in your in your neighborhood there's definitely a connection element in being a smaller business in taking a franchise, but also uh, uh, bringing it to life in a very uniquely Hamilton way without losing the brand that's identity. That's so fascinating yeah. to me because that's so hard to do. And I, 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 I know that when I walk in here, it feels a certain way and I can't put my finger on how you guys do that. I can't <laughs> say, oh, well, it's easy. They do, they do this and they do this and that's why it feels that way. It's a, it's a real thing, similar to the way when you walk in a municipal or pinball garage or wherever you're <laughs> coming down in Hamilton, um, there's something that everybody is doing that makes it feel different than um, your typical kind of uh, place in whatever neighborhood that you want to pick. You know? <laughs> so, I, you know, I know I mentioned in the last podcast, I, I worked for P&G for a very long time and I was a products researcher. So, and I was... I was upstream. I was new product, new service design for P&G. And um, in order to create the products that P&G has, not just the products, the services, mm-hmm. the opportunities, the touch points, et cetera, in order to create those things, you, you really have to be curious about the customer's story. Like, where are they coming from? And what are what do they want? And what do they need? But but it's listening in a way that's not just, uh, oh, you want A? Okay, we'll give you A. You know, it, we used to joke, when we did it well, it felt like magic. Right. You know, that it felt like um, you can't quite put your finger on how it's being done, that the that the, ins, the critical insights that we were playing off of, they should be obvious in hindsight, but man, getting to them can be really... Well, and you, yeah. you have to understand it before you do anything else with the business or with the product or whatever it is. You have to, before it, before it hits shelves, before the doors open, before whatever it is, all of that kind of background understanding has mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to change and you have to evolve. And like, it's, it's, that's hard for places. It I, is. When, when it is my passion though. And it is what I've done. You know, I, I joined P&G because I wanted my mother to be able to go into a store and go, hey, my daughter worked on this or buy it and use it and go, all right, kid, you did a pretty okay job. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like there's something really, really special. And it, it's always been part of my fabric as a, as a products researcher to create something that makes somebody's day just a little bit better. You know, and I worked on facial moisturizers and acne products, and I worked on dog food. And it, some of those things can be life-changing, especially when we were in the dog food. But right. really, really, you're just trying to make somebody's day a little bit easier, a little bit more delightful. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's hard. It really is hard. But if it's done well and done right, it's actually quite simple, right? So you got to get rid of some of that clutter, and you got to stop overthinking it and really just get down to... What, why does somebody want to walk into a casual pint? Right. Why did they pick us today? And if I can, if I can get to the key one or two reasons, just do more of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> does, but having that type of personality where you you enjoy that so much, that aspect of it, 
when you're that type of person, does it, um, are there other things that you look around and be like, man, I should start this type of place too. this, this, we need this down the street from here and all we need I, this over there. And like, can you shut that off on your brain and just kind of focus on just this one thing? Yes. Because at the end of the day, I'm also an engineer. So I am also a bit linear and right. I am a bit task oriented. And so I, I actually don't have to shut that off as much as you might think. I do have one or two things kind of in the, in the, the brain right now thing, you know, boy, Hamilton, just knowing the people of Hamilton, knowing the culture of Hamilton, et cetera, that, that may, but really even stepping back from that, I'm looking at the casual pint, my business, the franchise, the, the brand itself and saying, where else can we show up right. in the Hamilton Fairfield area to serve? So even before I get to the, you know, and, and I think that's the engineer part of me is there is a little bit of focus. Right. Um, I do have to, um, I do, you know, you, the horse blinders on a little bit. Right. And, and uh, I find it a lot with with I mean well, podcasting is a great example of it with me. You start a podcast and once you once you figure it out and you get it rolling and you get going with it, you have to stay focused on what your show is about. People subscribe to Sense of Brewcast because they want to hear about beer, but then you start thinking, oh, but I could do this too. I really like this. I'm passionate about this other thing, and then this, and then this, and this. Pretty soon, you can have like 14 different podcasts mm-hmm. that you want to make, and yeah, nobody can do that. <laughs> and I will, yeah. but it's hard to put those blinders on sometimes. Cor- corporate probably beat that out of me a little bit. <laughs> right. It's very, you know, the like you said, the engineer mindset too versus you know the 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 artsy fartsy mm-hmm. mindset that I think uh, a lot of uh, podcasters come from that. Uh, well, there's a, that's the creative that's the creative mindset, right? The the I read somewhere that um, the number of of Google tabs that you have open on your computer at any time is usually an indicator of creative creative brilliance, uh, right? And I've usually got about forty two of them open at the, you know, because I'm going to come back to them. I'm going to come back to that right. in about ten minutes or so. But I, there is power in shutting half of those down once in a while, um, and that and for me that's definitely a learned behavior. Um, that's a yeah, because I would love to. I would love to have six or seven or eight projects going at one time. I will say that's probably something that COVID taught us too. Right. Was, was you know, the focus on the problem at hand. Not not that we've got a, a problem right now, but, um, you know, I, 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 it, it was weird, the gear shift that I actually felt in my brain to go from, ooh, A, B, C, D, E to, nope, we've, yeah, got, right. we've got A in front of us and... We really need to. We really need to hunker down. Um, it was that was a very palpable shift right. in my head, um, and it was a lesson. So it is something um, that I, I fall back on a little bit if I feel myself getting a little scattered, or I notice. You know, I have the best staff in the world. I really do want to mention that. But um, if I notice they're getting a little bit scattered because all of a sudden we have all this opportunity now in front of us, right? right. We're, we're open at full capacity and we don't have to. We can seat more than ten, et cetera. You know, so ooh, we want to do blah blah blah, and I'm you know. You do have to rein it in a little bit. Right. Where does it go from here? What's What's next for you and for for this? Um, so, like I said, I'm looking at other ways that the that we as a brand can um, can uh, serve in Hamilton and in Cincinnati. So, um, I'd like to one of one of the things that kind of have high on my list is is bringing the casual pint, especially since the other ones in Cincinnati have closed for a variety of reasons, and we are the we are um, the only one, at least for the moment. I'd like to, how do we bring the casual pine experience to um, people in the city? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a brick and mortar uh, fashion. It could be in a mobile pint. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we help people um, with the, so we, I think we are all about experience. Um, and how do we bring some of that experience and the beer and, you know, to other people and help them 
build that experience into their own private events, into public right. events, things like that. So take away some of that. Um, but there's also a huge brand awareness um, uh, opportunity or, right. or benefit to that. But how do, we, uh, how do we take away that barrier of, you know, maybe people, it's just too far to drive to Hamilton. So let's, let's, bring, let's bring some of that bring down a little to closer. Them. <laughs> yep. Um, looking at, well, what are the ways that we can, that we can um, operate with Spooky Nook? So Municipal is already going to be pouring beer um, in the Spooky Nook facility as a second. You know, I, don't, I think as a facility, too much beer eventually would be a bad thing. But how mm. else can we serve the you know, thousands of people that are going to be coming into Hamilton? Um, and how do we partner with Spooky Nook? How do, we, how do we attract those customers over? How do we... I heard somebody make the joke the other day, maybe it was a joke, that they needed to do a water taxi that just goes <laughs> right across the river right there just to get people over here. <laughs> we, we truly joking, we said it needs to be a zipline. <laughs> a zipline would be good. Or a little and then, gondola. And then how much more fun is that to come over here and have a couple beers and then zipline zip line back across? <laughs> somehow, I, somehow I think the, uh, the authorities will have an issue. <laughs> you never know. But, uh, but, but again, that could be a, you know, is that a, is that a fun way? You know, the pedicabs around, around mm -hmm. Hamilton are, uh, especially when the weather gets nice, it's, it's such a fun, cool experience. So bringing that level of kind of design thinking creativity into some of these how might we grow? So that's my favorite question. It's not just, a, oh, I want to do ABC, but if we think about what the benefit is we're trying to provide or the, or the experience we're trying to expand on, how mm -hmm. might we? Right? So there's a lot of brainstorming happening right now right. In, the, um, in, in this location, especially the franchise um, franchise folks were up last week and we were doing a little bit of a, you know, there's a lot of sticky notes floating around right. at the moment. <laughs> so it really does looks like, look like sort of like a front-end innovation uh, war room sometimes when, when we all get together. So um, I think for the first time in over a year, we really are comfortable actually sitting down and saying, um, not just we want to expand or we want to be a bigger presence, we want to grow the brand, but now's the time. And yeah. we're, starting, we're starting that. So those couple of ideas, you know, really making sure that we are, that we're building a presence within Spooky Nook in a way that makes sense for us relative to the other businesses that will be in physically in Spooky Nook, et cetera, um, continuing collaborations with other businesses. Um, and then, you know, how do I bring, how might I bring <laughs> the casual pint experience, you know, in the form of a mobile pint to um, other events, other, you know, and that's, that, that's, that one I would say is very much in its infancy. Yeah, that would I'm, be cool. I'm full time here now, which, you know, this is week one for me so it's a I got I also have to get out of celebratory mode I mean it's I'm 30 years <laughs> coming out in and realize that yeah. you actually are <laughs> but all of this stuff that you know being a part-time owner I say part-time but um, being part-time here right all of these things that were on the wish list you know I went, oh I'll get to that when I have time well now I have the time it's and easier to direct the brain power to this now <clears> than, than maybe before and I can let Andy Andy is a Andy's brilliant operationally um, Heather is Heather's in charge of entertainment. Matt is Matt helps me with interior and exterior design right. elements. Um, Natalie is um, Natalie is going to be our our big event coordinator, and then Alan in the kitchen. So leveraging the brilliance in my staff, the brilliance, the loyalty, the dedication in my staff, so that I can say, right. "All right, guys, you know, create more opportunities for everybody, um, and keep us connected in Hamilton." And a big part. Uh, the other thing that we're really ramping up is our, our giving back to Hamilton. So monthly, 
we pick and, and it's, we have a calendar, right? We have 12 organizations, um, one per month that we support through um, fundraisers, through donations, through uh, uh, collections. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we partner with our customers to support these organizations. So really building our presence as philanthropic philanthropic presence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's a huge part of craft beer. We all know that. We've all seen plenty of stuff with breweries around town working with people, but creating this culture of it spreads out past, you know, those places that are making beer or just them doing something and you, you know, buying a beer and that's that's how you support this idea that you walk in and it becomes part of part of the culture of the place mm-hmm. too. It's like here's here's who we are and here's what we're about and if you are a regular here, you probably feel that same way too. So let's all do that together. Yep. And, I, and you know, I, I think if anything positive can come out of the last year and a half, it is this idea that people are more, more loyal to their spots, more, um, more willing to be part of that, that underlying culture of those places that they go to. And um, I think, I think the next year is going to be fun. It is. <laughs> and, it, and, and I'll be honest, it already is. You know, a lot of that has started for us um, in the, in the spring, and that's that's typical of the restaurant right. bar industry, right? As soon as, well, as long as Mother Nature cooperates, right? Um, but um, and it already has like the fun and the um, the resurgence is just yeah. I'm an extrovert. I mean, I'm sure that's surprising to you, um, and I draw my energy right, right from uh, so the way it's been the last couple of months. You know, talk about not being able to sleep <laughs> at night, and and uh, you know just the excitement. And a little bit of relief, a lot of relief. I won't, I wouldn't lie. But the excitement about what's what's coming, right, um, is yeah. Do you guys have any events planned right now that uh, you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to remember what, what day are we? We're at the end of June. Okay, we're at the I end think. of June. So um, June was Pride Month. Uh, we Hamilton Community Foundation, and so we're still um, no events, but we're still doing. Uh, we're, we're still accepting donations um, for the Hamilton Community Foundation. July is All Star Baseball Month. So our organization for July is the West Side Little League, um, as well as the Hamilton Joes. So we're a big sponsor of the Hamilton Joes, and we want to bring those two things together in July. So July 16th, it's a little bit in formation still, but July 16th we're going to do um, we're going to do some kind of baseball themed uh, event the weekend of it'd probably be the 15th, 16th, 17th. Mm-hmm. We'll do a silent auction. We'll do raffle giveaways. We want to have some fun baseball themed activities for kids. You know, really celebrate the all-star time of year and right. it's, and it is all-star time for West Star, West Side Little League. Um, we're hoping to, we're hoping to incorporate that with the Joes. If anybody's interested in going to some Hamilton Joes games, we have tons of free tickets here that are available for all our customers. Um, cool. and then on, on the weekend after that, the 20, I guess that's the 23rd of July. We're going to do a Christmas in July here in <laughs> Hamilton. So we're partnering with the folks that organize the tree lighting, um, and, um, as well as some beer reps that are going to dust off some, some Christmas kegs, beer nice, kegs for nice. us um, and we'll do you know we'll do some support for um, and, and really ramp up for the second half of the year so we'll have a little Christmas in July celebration I mean, a lot of us missed out on celebrating Christmas last year in the way we all mm-hmm. wanted to so uh, let's do it Wait, now <laughs> and that's and that, a little bit and I, and I shout out to Andy because this was Andy's idea um, that's a little bit of why we wanted to do a Christmas in July this year because last year was so difficult with yeah. the numbers going up and the weather etc cetera, etc cetera. so um yeah, so those two things, the 16th and the 23rd. Of course, July 4th around here in Hamilton. That's oh, yeah. not just us. It's Hamilton. There's a concert. 
we will have um, parade and stuff. There's a parade in the morning. There's a concert in the evening, and then we will be open the entire day in between. And it falls on a weekend this year, you guys. And and we're going to stay open late. So we'll be up in 10 till 10 that Sunday night. And, you know, so really try to, it's our real first 4th of July. Last year, everything was canceled. So for us, it's kind of like this, you talk about an amazing Independence Day celebration (laughs) for us. So I think those are the, really the, the big three days in July. And then of course, our second anniversary is in August. It's the third weekend in August. Um, so we usually start, we'll do like a Wednesday through Sunday um, and a bunch of breweries are going to partner with us to, again, do music and giveaways and just celebrate the fact that we are still opening our doors <laughs> too late, two years later. Um, Rumor is there might be a special beer coming too, possibly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we always have special beers coming. But we, do, um, we do the special beer cheese with uh, Nacho Bait, Country Boy Nacho Bait every yeah. year. And for whatever reason that... That spicy, that spicy beer cheese alone yeah. will bring people in. To, um, uh, so August is really our anniversary month, and um, I'm off the top of my head not think, not remembering what our organization of the month is for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we typically have one big event every month, and then we best way to fo- figure it out is social media, Facebook right. and Instagram. But we do we're doing a lot more music now. Heather's game night every Wednesday night where Heather picks a different game and. And she's been packing the house the last three weeks. It's been so much fun. fun. It's been so much fun to watch. Um, And part of the part of it is like the curiosity. Ooh, what's Heather going to do this week? Right. Um, (laughs) And uh, and she builds the games and builds everything herself and runs it herself. And you know, so people are coming in to watch her as much as you know play the game. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She's entertaining. It it, it creates that space that you just want to go to. It doesn't Uh even necessarily matter what's going on. It's just that you know there's going to be something. Something. It's going to be fun. You know there's going to be good people there hanging out. There's going to be great beer. It's just you don't have to go there for something specific. And I think that that that's really really important for a place like this. Yeah. Yep. You guys are nailing it. I well, thank uh, you. I, I really, really Gosh, love what so you nice guys are hear. doing thank here. You. Um I can't encourage people enough to get out to Hamilton and and see what's going on here because it is just there are a lot of cities in this area that could learn a lot from from what has happened here. And you guys are a big part of that. Thank and, you. Um, I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you. It's thank fun. you. Thank you very, very much. Um, uh, like you mentioned, if anybody wants to know more, just follow them on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram. And um, you'll get all the latest on there, and uh, all the, you'll see all the excitement that you're missing out on, <laughs> <laughs> and then yep. the reason that you need to get Come over here us. to Hamilton. Come see uh-huh. us. Thank you guys very much. Uh, we'll be back next week. Sensi Brewcast. It's uh, as you are hopefully are well aware. It's the voice of Sensi Craft, which um, is actually you guys. You are the voice of Sensi Craft. You are the reason that all of this exists. Uh, find your spot, support them, and always just drink local <laughs> whatever that means to you it can be a spot it can be a beer but um thanks guys since you've